the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black in Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Good morning. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Money, investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Pick up the phone. Give me a call. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Uh, of course, I'm going to be speaking with an analyst today, trying to get another insight into the markets as often as I can. This morning, I'm going to be quite honest with you. It's not the most stimulating day on Wall Street. It's earnings season, and we've had an amazing run. But the stories feel... Less than punchy. Coca-Cola down 2.9% as volumes missed expectations. Goldman Sachs reported a doubling of profit. Centos dropped 4% after the uniform maker forecast earnings for the current fiscal year that were below expectations. Johnson Johnson profit more than doubled as the economy boosted its earnings forecast. Those are all pretty good, right? But I, I just don't feel like stories are compelling today. Maybe some days are just better than others. So, guidance has driven earnings expectations down quite conservatively. So, any earnings surprises are going to be met to the upside pretty reasonably well. We've gone into the second quarter earnings going, eh, we don't necessarily have to see all that much. So the retail sales report this morning, meh, okay. You know, again, I'm not trying to sugarcoat this in like a sad or silly kind of way. I'm just trying to tell you, retail sales rose slightly, but they did show some consumer weakness. Americans spent more on cars and furniture and less on building supplies in June. Overall, slightly stronger retail sales showed that American consumers continue to spend a little bit more. Gas prices in the news. Rising 14 cents over the last week. 
heavily tied towards political unrest in Egypt and the Suez Canal fears that it could be shut down. Average price of gasoline in California up four cents a gallon to four oh two last week. Experts say the price could climb even higher in the coming weeks as Americans hit the road on summer vacations. Hopefully you can squeeze a summer vacation in soon. There's a little bit of um monetary policy talk going around today. Washington's proposed new rules that would have pretty big implications for monetary policy with Ben Bernanke's term as Federal Reserve Chairman ending this year. Everyone's saying who's going to you know, sit in for him next year. A lot of people think it's current Fed Vice Chair Janet Yellen. There's some other contenders out there for sure. So some research out there argues that the Fed appoint the appointee could be changing as far as who appoints the Fed appointee. Uh, who, who, who's in charge? Part of Jason Trinnett's outstanding team at Strategist explored the current Senate showdown and how it might change more than what is currently being debated. So there may be a change in Senate rules for nominations, and that would dynamically change the Fed appointment. So inside the Beltway, which is Washington, D.C.'s big car traffic grid system, the Beltway, um, we always look, because, you know, Larry Summers, Tim Geithner, who would be able to get the 60 votes needed through the Senate? Anyway, so Wall Street's kind of a fuzz, a blurry, a flurry. They're kind of looking at this potential change. Again, sometimes the stories are obvious, sometimes not so much. Today, I don't think it's that great of a day. You know, oh, the market closed a record high again yesterday. Russell 2000, all-time high parade. The SP 500's chalked up its eight-day winning streak. Can it hit nine? High-profile earnings take center stage again through earnings season. Tonight, we're getting Charles Schwab, Comerica, Yahoo, CSX, big Dow transportation component. After the bell closes today. After the market closes, after the bell. Honeywell issued an updated statement about the Boeing 787 fire last week at Heathrow Airport. An emergency transmitter made by Honeywell is being investigated as a possible cause. So I guess it's fair to say it's premature to say definitively people should or should not be upset. Um, other stories of note out there. Marathon Petroleum, their forecast in second quarter earnings of a buck eighty-seven, buck ninety-two, below the expectations of almost two and a half dollars. The higher cost for the crude that it processes, similar to the profit warning issued by Valero. So the refiners are struggling. McDonald's can open its first restaurant in Vietnam. Uh, James Schmucker raised its quarterly dividend to fifty-eight cents a share. Baidu, big uh, internet. Chinese Google, they refer to it as. They're going to buy smartphone app maker 91 Wireless. It's one of the owners of the top app distribution platforms that have distributed more than 10 billion apps in China. So the stories are there. Just 
do we feel like they're driving the market, or do we feel like they're sexy today, or are we thinking beaches still? AT&T has introduced AT&T Next, allowing wireless customers to get a new smartphone or tablet every year if they agree to pay monthly installments to purchase their new devices. Not that sexy, huh? 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Going to be doing an event coming up in Marin. The only chance that I get to get to Marin this year. Uh, I plan out all my seminars basically a year in advance. So going to be at San Rafael, Four Points Sheraton. Retirement Boot Camp, Thursday, August 1st. So it's coming up pretty quickly here. From 6.30 to 9, Four Points by Sheraton in San Rafael. You can sign up for the event at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Hopefully I'll see you out there. Kanye West sold a white t-shirt for 120 bucks. Isn't that crazy? A white t-shirt for 120 bucks. And trust me, it's not like a hip-hop white t-shirt. It's a white t-shirt. Who would buy that? 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show. You can find me on YouTube, Rob Black Show. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening to shows. I do appreciate it. Uh, gasoline prices are one of the bigger stories. It's tough to get too excited about, but it's kind of one of those taxes in America that we always seem to have. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. Drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. You're listening to the Wall Street Business Network. Rob Black and your money. Trouble brewing? Not really. Yeah, eight straight up days. Can we hit nine? Something feels off, right? It's not just me. Take a break here. It's Rob Black, your money on the Wall Street Business Network. Black.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. A group of deaf customers are suing Starbucks, saying they were mocked. That's the type of story that I don't think really can move a stock. Starbucks is a little bit too big for that. If you're a local owner of a coffee shop and that hits you, yeah, that's a problem, but this seems manageable. Kanye West sold out of a plain white t-shirt for $120. Instant sellout. I don't get it. Someone's going to have to help me understand that one down the road. Let's go to a quick phone call. Dara from Sunnyvale. Dara? Hi, Rob. Hi. So uh, I'm wondering if it's a good idea to sell a home right now. I, uh, I've made about $200,000 I mean, $200, based on the realtor's assessment. And, uh, Where are you going to live? Sunnyvale. 
Where are you going to live after you sell your house? Uh, rent a place around Sunnyville, I would imagine. But I just wanted to take advantage of the, the appreciation of the home. Okay. Um, thanks for the call. Yeah, there's no right answer. If you want to take advantage of the appreciation, do it. Um, the situation that you may find yourself in is it can probably go higher over the next year. As interest rates move higher, we should see home prices stabilize. So I wouldn't count on it going higher. It should. At some point in time, we've had a great recovery that should you know, get back to more normalized uh, levels. We're still not at 2006 levels of home real estate prices across the Bay Area. We're still off about almost 20% on that, but some markets clearly, Sunnyvale, one of them, have recovered almost all, if not all, the losses they had in 2006, 7, and 8. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. Markets are doing well today. It's not the greatest day on Wall Street. It's certainly pretty good. Let's see if I can't pull up the market numbers. We've had eight straight days up, and it just feels like we need a break. But who am I to predict that one, right? Um, SP 500 down one, NASDAQ down one, Dow down nine. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. You can find him online, newfocusfinancial.com, newfocusfinancial.com. Let's talk a little asset allocation. It is two words put together that we know in the investment community. Some of us know it better, some of it more intimately. What's asset allocation mean to you, Chad? Well, first of all, let's, let's, let's talk about what it doesn't mean because I think it's a term that's really misunderstood. Okay. Um, a lot of people that start investing think asset allocation means that it's always being in the right asset class all the time and shifting from one asset class to another, which is really the same thing as, as day trading. Now, you want to do a little bit of that once you've accumulated a portfolio, overweight and underweight in different areas, including cash, which is an asset class. But really what asset allocation means is you're trying to build a portfolio to achieve a certain goal with the least amount of risk possible, knowing that you're going to be wrong sometimes, so you still continue to hold on to certain asset classes, um, like small cap, like emerging markets, which will have you know, kind of a three steps forward, two steps back type of a process. Do you look at, some people would look at asset allocation, stocks, bonds, and real estate. Do you look at small caps and international like you just brought up? Do you look at that as a sub-asset class or is it a totally different asset? It's, it's, a, it's an asset class. Okay. So I think that there's times, like, during uh, the big part of the credit crisis, we steered clear of small caps altogether, for example. Um, because of the risk factors that were involved, but we didn't like doing that for too long, so we still own a, a piece of small cap, which started off 2012, for example, the first month, with, with big gains, for example. You, you just want to maintain a certain exposure to these asset classes, and, and there's more than this stocks, bonds, and real estate. Within stocks, you've got the large cap, mid cap, small cap, but you also have different management styles between value and growth, or even just dividend growth investing. You also have uh, commodities that have to be a part of your portfolio as well. And there's a whole slew of alternative investments that people should be getting, you know, taking a look at and becoming educated on. Within the alternative asset class space, there's managed futures, which is another way to get into currency and commodities. Okay. There is funds that deal with merger and acquisitions. There's funds that deal with what's called kind of the buy right area, which is really covered calls, so it's a way to get into the market with creating income on, on, on different stocks. And there are types of portfolios where if you're trying to find a spot where 
I don't want to be in cash, but I don't like where bonds are. I don't stocks make me feel a little overvalued. You might look get into funds which hedge with the downside. There's funds out there that mirror the S&P 500. They sell covered calls to create some extra income, and they use that income to buy protective puts, which means you have upside exposure, but it's limited. Right. And in trade-off, you have limited downside risk as well. All of those are different pieces that go into asset allocation. The, the idea is that every year in the market you have something that's doing good. So if if you're trying to compare your portfolio just the S&P 500 and the S&P 500 has a roaring year because of tech and financials, for right. example, you're going to underperform a little bit in the good years. But you're going to outperform a lot in the bad years. That's what asset allocation is really about. Seven out of ten years are positive. Three out of ten is negative. It's a three out of ten makes a big difference. That's the math behind asset allocation. Before we get into that, um, comic books, asset asset or not? Um, is, as far as collectibles? Yeah. That's yeah, where I'm mean, getting at. It, it can be. There. I'm sure there's been some successful comic book collectors out there. Okay. And um, how about art? Do you look at art as an asset class for the wealthy, for the poor? Should people be buying it? Should they not? Yeah, for the wealthy, because typically, you know, there's there are obviously some people that happen to purchase a painting 30 years ago that they didn't realize was going to be drastically... Um, but you got to be good at picking yeah. paintings. It's not like being good at picking stocks and picking mutual funds. you got to be good at that, that unique skill as well. Right, and art, art went through a pretty big bubble. It, just like any asset class, it goes through bubble times. So it's correcting at this point in time. But typically, it's kind of one of those things where in order to be good at accumulating the art that's going to make you money in the long term, you've already got to have a lot of money. I'm with you. So, and uh, the idea on that is they're not making, you know, if, if it's a dead artist, Leonardo is not making more art, so to speak. Uh, I could drop that conversation because I'm going nowhere with that. But let's talk about the math of al- asset allocations. What do we need to know? Well, it's really creating consistent returns because you, the first thing you have to look at is is the game of math. It's the downside that makes a big difference. So, if you drop 50%, you have to hit how much to break even? Uh, 100%. Right. I know, so, that, but most people don't. So that's, that's the thing. It's, you, know, you have to focus on, on the 10-year average return. Don't, don't really look at the one- and three-year average return. It doesn't make as much difference. It's the 10-year average return. So if you're trying to compare, let's say you're trying to go for a large-cap growth manager. You make sure that the manager's been there for the entire term of the track record, 10-plus years. You look at the standard deviation. So if you're comparing two funds, you would want the one with the best 10-year average return, the lowest standard deviation, and the most consistency uh, and maybe even the lowest beta if you're trying to get to funds that are, are less less volatile as you get close to retirement. So standard deviation, beta, and the consistency of returns is, helps you, you know, understand the math behind asset allocation. Asset allocation and much, much more. You can find CFP Chad Burton at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com or find his website, chadburton.com. And I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and much, much more. Don't be shy. This is Rob Black and your money on the Wall Street Business Network. Over recent changes affecting where you can buy tax credits. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome back in. Rob Black and Your Money. July 16th, so we're deep in the summertime months. I just got back from a 
little mini vacation. Feels like Wall Street kind of enjoying the same kind of mentality because it just feels not exciting. Joining me now, Patrick O'Hare from Briefing.com. Briefing.com's market strategist, market analyst. How are you, Pat? Hi, Rob. I'm doing fine, thanks. So, eight up days and I'm not excited on the S&P 500. <laughs> Shouldn't I be, like, losing my mind, happy? Well, uh, yes, I suppose you should. But uh, I think the um, thing that's maybe setting in here and why there's a lot of anxiety surrounding uh, the move is that it is so clearly predicated on the artificial support that's being provided by the Federal Reserve. And so um, I don't think the market is um, standing on its two fundamental legs right now. It's just simply, you know, resting on the back of monetary policy. And, um, you know, and yet in the face of that, we continue to see, um, you know, economic forecasts for world growth come down. Uh, you know, Europe's still in a deep recession, uh, and the U.S., while comparatively better, still isn't, like, growing gangbusters by any means. So, off the record, you and I are at a bar. We probably could expect a correction, right? Because, like, well, things are too good. It's too easy right now. Yeah, I guess, you know, just what's that uh, fundamental law of gravity? What goes up must come down, you know, I guess. So at some point, sure, you know, you should see some corrective activity. And, and But, you know, the issue is, you know, what's going to catalyze that correction? We, we got a little bit of a taste of it a few weeks ago when the, you know, the market started to react to the possibility of the Fed tapering prematurely uh, in the market's eyes. And then, of course, we saw the, you know, the slingshot right back to the highs with the, uh, you know, Fed officials calming everybody down. So, um, you know, what's likely to, to catalyze any type of meaningful correction at this point would be, I think, you know, a, uh, a recurring instance of disappointing guidance out of the corporate world that starts to raise some questions about um, the Fed's credibility and its ability to really, you know, jumpstart economic growth. Because I think what we're really seeing, again, is that you have, you have this divergence between the real economy, uh, which is not so great still, uh, five years into the, into the monetary policy easing, and then you have the, what we call the surreal economy, which is the capital markets economy, which has, you know, gone gangbusters because it's just eating up, you know, this easy policy and, um, and truly subscribing to this adage that you don't fight the Fed, and that's taking stock prices to new highs. What do you make out of the positive results of Goldman Sachs and Johnson Johnson? They pretty good numbers and they reported real earnings absolutely you know those those two companies you know they certainly jump out as uh, as standouts today um, you okay. know Goldman Sachs uh, kind of returning to form if you will uh, easily topping the consensus earnings estimates and uh, showing some some real strong growth uh, you know helped in part by uh, underwriting activity and its trading activity uh, Johnson and Johnson doing well with uh, you know sales of their consumer products you know up around the world and you know they were helped by their acquisition of synthesis some, somewhat, but even if you exclude that, you know, the organic growth was, was decent enough. Um, so, yeah, two companies that are standing out, executing very well, and, um, you know, and should be rewarded for that performance. But, you know, conversely, then you have a company like Coca-Cola, which uh, didn't do so hot this period, and you have another company like Cintas, 
which provides uh, uniforms to uh, employees within the services and industrial sectors, and and they're coming out and they you know missed estimates and are also kind of you know talking about all of the uncertainty that still remains in the economy, and you know that follows right on the heels of UPS, which is you know talking about a slowdown in the industrial economy. So you have these these mixed messages, and um, and it does boil down to some company-specific execution that's going to make the difference, it looks like. It's interesting that you bring up UPS because that was a, a big tell. They're a shipping company, and they are telling us that the economy is not glorious. So I just keep coming back to, can we make nine-up days? And it just feels silly to me where we are. But on the other hand, I'm like, I'm okay with it. It's... <laughs> Well, you know, you know, it's funny. I think the big tell that day was, you know, UPS went down what five, six bucks. You know, they came out with a, a stark warning about the slowdown in the industrial economy that they expect to persist, and the market traded higher. Um, there was another day last week where Gartner came out and said, uh, you know, PC shipments are going to be down, I think, 11% year over year in the second quarter. And guess what were the best performing components that day on the Dow? Microsoft and Intel, right? So, again, it goes right back to that original idea we discussed is that this market is really being, you know, underpinned by its faith in Fed policy and, and just really the this enduring belief that as long as the Fed has the market's back, nothing can go wrong. So, um, you know, that's going to become problematic at a point. Now, clearly, if you're sitting there with long-term holdings and, and, you know, sure, it's great to see the market keep going up here. But, you know, what we try to remind our readers anyway is to just be, you know, be prudent in that uh, portfolio management. Don't forget to hedge for some risk because, um, you know, we saw a few weeks ago that things can change in a hurry uh, when uh, interest rate change when uh, the market's faith in the Fed changes, um, and of course when there's just, you know, some unknown factor that starts to brew that looks to be problematic, you know, like we saw with Egypt and rising oil prices, but, um, you know, but again, with the Fed stepping in and again calming the markets and saying they're there for the long term, and um, these pullbacks tend to uh, stay pretty narrow in scope, but it will be you know, the loss of faith in the Fed policy that would be the real catalyst for some, some true downside uh, momentum. Speaking with Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst, Briefing.com. I read his materials daily. I can't live without them. Do you ever fear, Mr. O'Hare, that you just might miss something? Uh, and let me give you an example. I read this morning that Kanye West sold a plain white T-shirt for $120. And I just don't get I just don't get it. Right. I... I I hit myself. I just don't get it. Um, do you ever fear that the market's going to move beyond you and you won't be able to see the trend of a young consumer? You won't be able to see the trend of the iPad replacing the PC? Or is this all data to you? Well, you know, sure. You know, there's always that fear that you're gonna you're gonna miss something, um, obviously. And you know, and I'll I'll do you one better than the hundred twenty dollar T-shirt. I think we saw yesterday that some you know vintage car sold for twenty nine million dollars. You know, uh, to one seater. And uh, I don't know where anyone's ever gonna drive it, but. In any event, you know, there's a lot of liquidity out there that's uh, being used to help drive up asset prices, alternative asset prices in this instance. But, um, you know, I was talking with a, a mentor of mine yesterday, and, and I was asking him, you know, doesn't this kind of have a feel like back where we were in the late 90s and where
where you know fundamentals really got uh, detached there, and yet everyone was saying, "Look, you just got to you just got to ride it. You know, you just got to be in, involved in it. You're going to miss out." And um, you know, and that paid some handsome dividends for sure for a period of you know three or four years. But boy, when you know when the the circumstances changed, things came crashing down, if you will. And so you just never know when that time is going to come. I'm not saying we're having a crash. What I'm saying is that investors need to uh, be prudent about, you know, respecting the risks here and that this is not a risk-free market, notwithstanding what the Fed is trying to do to help boost stock uh, stock prices. Speaking with Patrick O'Hare, Briefing.com, Chief Market Analyst, I always like to ask the final question, what are you working on? Because it gives me insight into what you think might be important. Right. Well, you know, I hate to say it again, Rob, but I mean, I have no choice. But you know, we got, we have the uh, Humphrey Hawkins testimony uh, tomorrow and Thursday, and so uh, again, I'm you know kind of waiting with. with anticipation like the rest of the market is for what the Fed chairman is going to say in front of Congress and if he's going to you know, maintain that truly dovish uh, position that we heard uh, last week and, and then how the market accepts that. But you know, also, of course, watching the earnings reporting period, um, it would come in pretty decently at the start here. Um, but you know, the market's not necessarily getting carried away with those results uh, because they have been you know, uh, there have been some points of concern, you know, that we talked earlier with the warning from UPS and the disappointment from Coca-Cola and trying to balance those things with some positive surprises from the likes of Goldman Sachs and Johnson Johnson. So we're still early in the reporting period there, so I need to see a little bit more, obviously, about uh, what unfolds on the corporate front. <laughs> Thanks very much. That's Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst, Briefing.com. Uh, briefing.com provides independent live market analysis of U.S. and international equity markets. And like I said, I read his stuff every morning. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything that you want to talk about, we could talk about. We could talk about the markets, which I'm pleased with, but eight up days doesn't feel legit. With that said, you know, do we get our gains in the first half of the year? Do we get them in the back half of the year? You know, if, if everything keeps unfolding as it has, the back half of the year is supposed to be a job creator, and job creators push economies. You could take a look at the simplest way of explaining it and saying that, you know, middle class consumes. So we need more middle class. We need more consumers to push our economy and to develop it. Stock market goes up 7 out of 10 years, so we shouldn't be surprised by the success Again, I'm not trying to poo-poo this market. I'm trying to say it feels a little odd, but that's okay. Goldman Sachs profit doubles on stronger bond trading. Higher interest rates should help the financials. You can get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. You get your calls in the air. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on the Wall Street Business Network. Wall Street takes a breath. Good day to you. I'm Bob Moon with a blue. You're listening to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. 
Welcome in. Stop blasting your money. Talking all things financial money, investing more. One of the things that we've seen as a trend is that yield. More American investors know it better now than they did years ago. How much yield can you get? Chasing of yield. Then your treasury yield. If it's yielding 2.5%, it's easier to get that return than it is, say, in a utility stock. The U.S. government pays their debt. So money changes. Yield in names like AT&T and Verizon coming in at 4.5%, tell you, why is that twice as much as the U.S. Treasury? They're not the best businesses. With that said, do I expect them to dry up and die anytime soon? No. But let's put it this way. If you were banking on AT&T's long distance, which used to carry the company, you'd be like, ooh, that changed. If you were banking on their ability to get into homes and wired phones, well, that changed too, right? So that's why they yield as much as they do. They're not as easy as people tend to think they are. Healthcare giant Johnson & Johnson had a monster quarter. Profit up 172%. Why? Because they had a horrible 2012. So they do medical devices. They do drugs. It's an easy comparison. The company increased its full-year profit forecast. They're giving investors, you know, another optimistic signal. When I think Johnson & Johnson, I think Tylenol baby shampoo, things that are probably not going to go away. They sold a stake in Elon. Johnson Johnson teamed up with to create an Alzheimer's drug. So it was a special item. In earnings season, you look for these special items as, well, that's nice if it hits, if it helps me, sure. But you also have to be very clear that you can't keep selling special items. Like, they're special for a reason other than the word special. It's a one-time perk that they added, a one-time benefit that they received. Johnson Johnson shares up $91.27. It's a huge company. Johnson Johnson, you know, dwarfs competitors like Merck and Lilly and Stryker and Medtronic. It's clearly the world's largest healthcare products manufacturer, way ahead of Swiss, uh, Swiss company Roche. And Sanify Aventus. Is it Sanify Aventus or just Sanify now? So, some days I used to struggle to keep up with a scorecard, right? So, Johnson Johnson's pinning a lot of hopes right now on medical devices, which is its largest division. They paid $19.7 billion for Synthesis last June, a company that makes surgical trauma equipment. So, sales of medical devices and diagnostics increased almost 9.5%. Pretty good, right? Prescription drugs did well, uh, up 12% year over year. Strong demand for prostate cancer drug Zitiga, 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 and immune disorder drug Remicade, Remicade. So, 800-516-1220.
I wish they could make a pill that would make me smile, because I'm not smiling today. Right? We have one of those up days in the market, and I can't get excited by it, because we've had too many in a row. I need a smiling pill. Americans love our smiling pills. Uh, give us credit. We do pop antidepressants as if they're candy. So, this headline kind of tells you what you don't want to see. You know, seven killed as violence reignites in Egypt. Surging gas prices fuel jump in consumer prices. Those are two very, very, very bad headlines. That's not good. To get your calls on the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. One million bottles of wine are being poured down the drain. It's likely to make some men cry. The Australian winemaker that crafts the popular Penfolds brand is dumping as much as $35 million in wine. Treasury Wine Estate says it's working to get rid of the excess age and deteriorating inventory. Uh, we'll help. We'll help. I could send uh, a couple of my friends over. The wine being dumped won't be the company's best vintages, but the cheaper labels that have, you know, relatively a short, real short life. But how's that for a killer, right? How much economic activity could actually be poured down a drain? $30 million of wine. Um, let's pull up some market numbers. Let's see if I can't put this segment to bed. Consumer price index was a little bit hotter than expected, mostly due to a 6.3% increase in gasoline. Industrial production came in line with expectations today. Strength day in financials, healthcare, tech, telecom, weakness in consumer staples, energy, utilities. Coca-Cola is weighing on consumer staples. Johnson & Johnson is underpinning the health of the healthcare sector. So, in a day... Would I rather get good numbers out of Goldman Sachs and bad numbers out of Coca-Cola? I would. I think Coca-Cola is important, but they do have, have fight some trends, like hot weather, cold weather. Goldman Sachs banking to me much more economic activity indicator than cold day versus hot day. But yeah, I'm a little upset that Coca-Cola didn't hit out of the park on a global basis that we're so used to seeing from them. So Goldman Sachs stocks at its 162, near its yearly high. You can find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Don't forget to get a big retirement event coming up in San Rafael in August. You can learn more about the event at robblack.com. What's it worth to protect your family's future? Call now and installation is free. Call one Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Global markets were pretty quiet overnight. June CPI came in better than expected or hotter than expected this morning, showing us a little bit of inflation, heavily tied towards the gasoline prices for the consumer. There's consumer prices. There's producer prices. You probably care more about consumer prices. But you also pay attention to producer prices because if they're paying more for their goods, they'll probably pass it on to you down the road. 
So industrial production came in this morning a little bit better than expected. Uh, Coca-Cola is hurting the markets today. Keep in mind, we try to keep perspective on this show within reason, so we're not getting too brought up or brought down by recent market activities. Coca-Cola, if you take a look at a five-year chart of the company, which is probably more fair to do than on a day-by-day or week-by-week or month-by-month chart, but if you take a look at the long term, it's a winner. Last five years, it's gone from $24, $23 all the way up to where it is right now, 40 It's paid a dividend yield of 2.7%. Winner. Slow, steady march higher. Winner. Today, they're kind of hurting the overall Dow Jones Industrial Average. There's no doubt about it. They're one of the 30 stocks. The S&P 500 is down 5 today. The Dow is down 26. The Nasdaq's down 9. Banking stocks are in the news today. In large part, um, tied towards Goldman Sachs, reporting a really strong quarter, which was nice to see. Profit doubles on stronger bond trading over at Goldman Sachs. U.S. home builder confidence sales and outlooks both soar. Home builders are feeling more optimistic about their home sales prospects than they have in seven years. That's probably a bad sign. It's not quite yet, but when they weren't feeling confident was the time to be an investor. Now that they're feeling confident, what way do you have to go? Disappointment, right? Reading above 50 indicates more builders view sales conditions as good rather than poor. Reading came in at 57. So it hasn't been that high since the height of the markets in real estate. They look at consumer traffic. They look at sales conditions, you know, builders' outlooks for single-family homes over the next six months. They think they'll be able to move product. And, yeah, I, I think we're all in the, you know, column right now that homes and real estate still doing pretty well, even in front of the higher interest rates that we've seen recently on 30-year mortgages. The average $100,000 home has seen interest rates jump from 3.5% to 4.5%. So you figure out how much home you buy, and that's a big jump. That's 57 bucks per 100000 uh, from 35 to 4.5%. So that comes to you know $500,000 house, $250 extra a month, $2,500, $3,000 a year. That's a pretty good vacation to Mexico, right? or car payments, or something else that you don't have money for now. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Honeywell is a stock to watch today. In large part, they are tied to Boeing. And, you know, Boeing had that cockpit, not the cockpit fire, fortunately. But in the rear part of the plane, one of their transmitters uh, seems to have caught fire at Heathrow Airport last week. Cintas, a uniform maker. If you've ever worked at a restaurant, you might have to leave your apron and your get up at work, and the next day it's nice and clean. That's what Cintas does. They do uniforms for the service industry, and their numbers weren't good. So Coco and Cintas, not good. Goldman Sachs, good. Yahoo's going to report tonight. Uh, Mercer Mayer's been on the job now for over a year. 
And I think most of us think she's done a good job for shareholders. You know, adding $10 billion in market cap, there's no doubt about it. If you pay her $100 million and she adds $10 billion, that's a winner. To get your calls in there, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Money invested in more. So Coke's a bit of a drag today. We'll get over it. It's not the worst. Retail sales this morning, we learned, rose slightly, but show consumer weakness. Americans spent more on cars and furniture and less on building supplies in June. McDonald's going to open in Vietnam, which is kind of surprising because they're kind of trailing everyone else in getting into Vietnam. As far as fast food goes, they're pretty late to the game. First restaurant in Vietnam is going to be run by, I think, like the Premier Sun or something like that. And what's interesting about that is, you know, Vietnam is a communist country. And it once was at war with the United States. Real Madrid tops the world's most valuable sports teams. Yay. Worth $3.3 billion. Still can't get over this story, but Kanye West selling a t-shirt for $120. Doesn't make sense, but yet, something I'm working with. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about today. Um, there's some talk that, you know, Ben Bernanke's going to be on in Congress this week. And there's some testimony that he will make that we will pay close attention to, but that's not until later in the week, and I almost don't even want to go there. It's, I'm not going to say it's dull. I don't think it's going to work terribly well for you right now. Some deaf customers are suing Starbucks, saying they were mocked. The suit filed in federal court in Manhattan said that 12 people, that one of the Starbucks employees laughed hysterically at the plaintiff's speech, while others objected to a monthly meeting of a group of deaf people named Deaf Chat Coffee. Uh, what's turning out to be a bit of a problem for the coffee industry is, you know, how do you handle the fact that people want to meet your shore? And not necessarily always spend money at your store, but yet you have to pay for the electricity. I think uh, I saw the term laptop hobo referring to someone who sits at Starbucks all day long, drinks one cup of coffee, and you know sits there and uses their electricity. I get it. I, I get why that's a story, and I get why people you know are divided by that story. Well, they're doing business and certainly making billions of dollars, sure. And I get the angry part of it, too, from their source perspective. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. You know, Coke fizzles. And I think it's pretty easy for us all to say, you know, their best days might be behind them a little bit. A little bit, right? So, dismal sales last quarter. Like, when I report bad sales, it's bad, but this is dismal. You get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. You'll straw black in your money. Talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Don't be shy. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. You can find me on YouTube, Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, and the old-fashioned internet, robblack.com. 
end-to-end protection for physical and virtual servers, including data deduplication, to significantly reduce storage requirements, and replicated cloud storage. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.